Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. And today is Tuesday. It's April 18th, 2023. It's still a little after 5 a.m. my time. Uh, and I'm in the tiny, tiny window of the dogs have decided to calm down for the morning. I've sort of done my perusal of the internet to see what's going on out in the world. Uh, I've spent a little bit of time journaling, and uh, I see that it's been a while since I've posted. So I thought I would check in with you. Uh, Of course, I've got 65,000 things I'm thinking about, but the title that I settled on and sort of the general subject for today is a 15-year retrospective on preparing to survive the world that we seem to be in now. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons uh, I've stepped back recently is uh, I'm just in a real personal struggle kind of with what's going on with me, what's going on out in the world. And uh, there's just been a lot of grief and negativity around that. And I don't really want to share all those fabulous feelings with you. But Uh, But there's also a tone to it all. And there's still a lot of anger and upsetness about what's happening to me, to you, to all of us. And at the same time, uh, I'm in yet one more push to try to get someplace because of the fear of what's coming down the pike and how long I've been playing this push to get to the next place. And the reality settling in that there is, in essence, no right place. Uh, And uh, we'd had a comment by uh, someone who talked about a family member. And I wanted to do a a podcast specifically on how to, uh, we look at this, the people that we care about. Because I'm in the same situation. I have extremely elderly parents that are barely hanging on and... Uh, you know, all the feelings of guilt and uncertainty and exasperation and uh, it's too late to do anything. You know, all these feelings just don't get rid of the realities that, uh, you know, there's going to be a moment where we have to make some really difficult decisions in a world that does not make sense as we walk forward into more and more uncertainty. And uh, I actually just got finished listening to somebody talk about a lot of these same feelings and his response was, because he's a wired for danger person, uh, if you're new, uh, normally these podcasts are focused on people what I call wired for danger, which means you fight. Your primary response to danger is to fight. But, and he was making this point that any kind of fight in America and many Western countries right now is you're in jail or you get your money taken away or you lose your job. And what do you do when you're taking care of other people? Uh, you know, I have that conversation also. I can't, uh, you know, one of the, the examples is, uh, you know, I love motorcycles, but I never have a motorcycle because I live alone and I worked in an emergency room and I got to see all the injuries from motorcycles. And I knew that there was no moment where I could not be capable of walking the dog because there was nobody else to walk the dog. You know, I didn't have yards where they could just go out there and take care of their own business, although I'd give anything for that right now because I can't walk very far anymore. And so, you know, I always made that decision. I have to take care of the animals. The animals need me to be functional. Uh, I can't 
do what I want because uh, the responsibility for them comes first. And and in a country in which we have had, quote unquote, things that were normal, right, we sent our men and women off to war with fail-safes, right? We had, uh, you know, uh, death benefits. We had things that were set up theoretically. We have health, uh, life insurance. We have systems theoretically set up to take care of people who go and do the fight for us. But that doesn't really work when there's a war. Uh, it doesn't work when there's societal collapse. Uh, there, it doesn't work when it becomes... Uh, a plague or mass death as we're uh, moving further into with our healthcare situation. And the insurance companies are all freaked out because they're seeing massive increases in their death numbers, especially of young people, you know, the 18 to 49 group, uh, and having to pay out massive benefits. Eventually, that's going to come to an end uh, in the same way that the natural disasters have become too much for insurances. So all these systems that we've put in as fail-safes to take care of us or people that we care about if there's a problem, you know, all those things are going to be gone. And, you know, I made the personal decision in 2008. I, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know the story, at, at 2007, I left my job. I took out all my uh, money to start my own business, and it was just starting to take off in 2007, and then 2008, everything crashed, and uh, and that got me on the road of just losing everything. I lost my 401k, I lost my house, uh, I lost everything, and uh, have never really come back from that old way, because what was going to be a one-year journey in a trailer to go find a new place to live became a whole different life, and in all that time, you know, I have become increasingly or had become increasingly focused on uh, how to survive all the things that we're experiencing. And, you know, when I looked back uh, recently, I kind of made a list of all the different things I've learned uh, in this process of trying to understand what does it take to survive? What does it mean to be human in the world today? What are we responsible for? Uh, you know, my takeaway is that one, technically it's possible, but it's not probable for most of us. And the number one issue being it is just so much damn work that trying to do any of it alone is impossible. There's always the Jeremiah Johnson exception, but even he has to go to town and trade his furs and wares for supplies. Like there's no, almost no universe where you as one person can 100% take care of yourself in all ways, uh, in all situations, because eventually you're going to need help. You're going to get hurt, right? You're going to need help. You're going to need somebody somewhere for something or some kind of supply that you can't take off the land. And, uh, you know, and that's a very difficult realization to come to as we're moving closer and closer to a point in time where uh, the the preparing world is coming to a close, right? Things are getting more expensive. They're getting less available. Uh, those who are hardcore preppers have already pretty much done what they can do. Those who haven't done anything, uh, it's getting to be too late. Uh, and 
There's also the big question of what exactly is it that we're preparing for because there's so many things coming down the pike that are overwhelming. And if your first primary response to all of this is to fight, even that is being taken away from us. And, you know, one of the conversations that I constantly have is in my own head as I listen to all the things that continuously keep happening and how it's getting more and more oppressive is how come we just sit here and we have to watch it happen? And, and you know, what finally sort of showed up this morning is what it feels like, you know, the micro and the macro, it feels like being a kid in a crazy family, you know, where people are abusive and dysfunctional and there's nothing you can do because you're a kid, you're just helpless, you're just watching it happen to your family and you're making all these decisions, right? And maybe you run away at age 13 or 14. Uh, and it's like being in a domestic violence relationship where your partner is insane, destroying everything in your life. And there's nothing you can do about it because you're, you're in the, you're trapped in a world that you feel like things are wildly out of control and how when you can't fight, you know, that's why, we default into, you know, I want to kill what's bothering me. You know, I want to kill the, uh, I was thinking about, you know, this guy was talking about different generals, Patton and LeMay, and how many people they kill, just massive, massive death in World War II to quote unquote win. Well, it wasn't here in America, so we just pretend like we don't know about it. But boy, what we did in Japan, what we did in Germany, as I was listening to him, it's just, you're like, oh my God, you know, you can't, we can't, move forward forever solving our problems by killing anything that comes across our path and how uh you know he was referring it to cancer and i i still think the parasite analogy or metaphor is more appropriate because the parasite only lives by sucking the life out of you uh and and what do you do with the parasite you know, the dogs need to get wormed. The boy dog is just not putting on any weight. And uh, and I was thinking about the dog worms. Like even if I, you know, if any of you who watched uh, Seven Years in Tibet where they were going to do a building, but, you know, the whole Tibetan philosophy is you can't kill anything. And so they're out there sifting out all the worms, the earthworms from the dirt, before they build, I think it was a movie theater there to build. And I was thinking, well, I can't sift out all the worms in the dog's guts and then put them someplace else so they can live. Uh, you know, they're killing the dogs, right? If you uh, if you don't take care of the parasites that are killing you, whether it's cancer, whether it's worms, whether it's the locusts that come through or the grasshoppers that come through and destroy everything, then you die. And I don't have an answer for any of this because there's no simple solution to all of it. There's no simple solutions to any of it. And the, the running theme for me is just having to sit here and watch it happen. And all the talking about it in the world doesn't change anything. And I, you know, as I was listening to him, the only reason I listen to this guy is because oftentimes he brings up really good information that nobody else has. But on occasion, he waxes on about his personal opinions. And his take isn't my take, but 
uh, I was listening to him this morning. And, and, you know, I've had this thought for a really, really long time is that, you know, 99% of what's out there in terms of information is people just regurgitating the same ideas over and over and over. Like there's about 1% or less of people who are actually bringing anything new to the party. But most of the information is just talking about what everybody else is talking about. And somehow we have this idea, if we wake up to what the truth is, then everything will change. And it really doesn't. I think we're all witnessing that. doesn't matter how many people wake up, because how are you supposed to fight when if you say the wrong thing, you'll go to jail. If It's pretty soon if you think, I'm still not convinced that the, the AI is not reading our thoughts because I swear sometimes I just think something and then an ad for it pops up. And I'm like, how are they getting this, you know, where you talk and you get, or they hear a dog in the background, right? And you get, um, you know, dog food ads, right? And And you can't, you know, we're moving, you know, more and more and more into this totalitarian uh, society where you can't do anything. And most of us are not predisposed to violence. You know, we don't go down and just take care of business. It's not the Wild West. You know, we don't haul people out of office and just get rid of them, right? We just, we try to do the the things the right way. uh, And we're operating under this idea that somehow if we just talk about it, if we're just aware that, uh, you know, our government is corrupt, uh, but it doesn't change anything. It just, you know, we vote the same people in. They lie. They do what they want. They talk about it. I just, I can't even stand these stupid hearings, you know, in the congressional hearings where they just, you know, f- flagellate the people who are talking and then nothing happens, right? I mean, Fauci's still out running around. I mean, it's just nothing changes. It's just one big cesspool of corruption. And, That is really, really depressing. And it's even more depressing, you know, when you have family that doesn't want to know about it or can't talk about it or, and this is, you know, where someday I wanted to talk about this. What are you going to do when they can't take care of themselves in any kind of upcoming situation? And for myself, now I'm observing, I can't even take care of myself in some, you know, as things get worse and worse. Uh, There's so many things that are just heavy, heavy, heavy. Uh, And I've, you know, I've been talking about this a lot lately because I'm still swimming in the sea of all this. And I've talked about how, you know, it's important to have faith. It's important to have hope. uh, But there's a, a cycle to all of this emotionally. And it's normal to have feelings about all of these things. And in the real world, There's no way to solve the problem of all of these things. Uh, And that really just takes me back to this idea of how when you're just a kid and you're trapped in a family that you can't do anything about uh, and you don't want to be there and you know it's not quite right and you're just there. And we're just here observing what's happening to all of us in monumentally significant ways. And 
the frustration and the inability to really do anything. And that's where, you know, I was thinking about, I've spent 15 years now trying to put myself in a position where I would be ready. And I'm not. And it's not because I don't know what to do. It's not because I don't know how to do it. Uh, And it's not because I don't want to do it. It's because I don't have the physical, mental, emotional, financial energy to create some magical situation where theoretically I would be okay. Because I don't think there is one. I don't think there is one place. You know, I think that there will always be exceptions. I think some people will be well positioned with a good group of people able to kind of ride this out in a minimal way. But most of us are going to be swept away in something that we all desperately try to prepare for with the best of intentions. And it isn't really going to make any difference. You know, I'm always fascinated by how much I've tried how much other people have done and tried. And yet there's just a part of me that knows none of this matters because I've said this over and over again, and this is why I came up with that whole just walk away idea is because when things go crazy, you know, 90% of people or more are going to have to migrate. They're going to have to walk off. They're going to have to leave everything. We're going to have to leave everything behind. And I, you know, all of my resistance is leaving everything I've prepared for behind because there's nothing stopping me from just getting in the car and taking off. But I can't, you know, for those of you who know, I have a horse trailer. I can't physically pull my horse trailer anymore, which has my 15 years of slowly gathering and preparing uh, in all the different ways that I'm trying to do for a future that I don't really know which one is going to unfold. And it's just unbearable to think about just walking off and leaving it all behind. And, and I'm sick of it, right? I'm sick of the stuff. I'm sick of the preparation. I'm sick of the fear. I'm sick of this uncertainty. And yet it's just the drumbeat is getting louder and louder and it's getting more intense. And we're not even at any kind of peak moment here. We have so far to go uh, in the demolition of all of this. And, I, you know, and the, to me, just the worst part is watching it happen and feeling helpless. Like I can't do anything. I can't fight it. I can't control it. I can't change it. I can't help the people that I care about. Uh, I can't, uh, there's nothing to say. There's nothing to do anymore at this point. And here we are. Uh, And none of us know what's going to happen. You know, none of us know how this will unfold. And all the people doing all the predicting for everyone everywhere, there's always a component of uncertainty. Nothing is absolute. And, you know, all this uh, trying to predict and prepare is really, you know, it's practical. It's not stupid to have preparations and to be semi, you know, psychologically ready for what's coming and what's happening now. But it's, uh, it's not enough. And I think that's very defeating. Uh, I'm hearing, you know, I'm not the only one feeling this way. I'm hearing 
this sentiment over and over and over again about how can we know this and not stop it? How can we observe this and not stop it? And then underneath that comes a new wave of people who are just recently kind of waking up to the reality and they're all, you know, spit and vinegar and they're all fight, you know, they're all energy. And uh, most of them are young and they have this idea because they're young, strong humans that they can do anything. And for those of us who are on the other side of young, uh, where there's a diminishing thing happening for all of us and the realization, no, we can't. We can't fight our way. We can't do everything physically to survive and prepare and be ready. And the reality of that, that it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. And it is, I think, overwhelming. And knowing how to process the emotions, knowing how to process the grief, uh, it isn't really enough. I mean, it's important. It's a, you know, it's a cycle. Uh, I, the one that I keep using is the wave, right? There's a peak, a crest, and then a valley, and a peak and a crest and a valley. And uh, and that's really where we're at, you know, in terms of processing everything that's happening, because there's always something else coming down the pike uh, that we're going to have to, you know, peak, pro, you know, uh, lift up, peak the wave, and then you know, down in the valley and up and down, up and down, up and down as we keep facing more and more, quote unquote, truth being revealed, you know, the corruption, the insanity, the uh, craziness, you know, and now it's war and the dollar's going away and another pandemic, plague, bioweapons getting released and the food's going away and the infrastructure is crumbling and the energy is being shut down and we're going to take cars away. And I saw somewhere yesterday that they're going to ban rice and rice, which feeds 50% of the people. We're just going to say that's no longer allowed. And we just sit here and, and keep allowing this craziness because, uh, I never in a million years thought we would all just sit and watch this happen to us. I, I always believed that there would just be some kind of peak event, whether it was like the solar flare or was an earthquake or nuked or some or an EMP. I believe there would be some kind of intense peak crisis that we couldn't prevent. And then we would have to deal with the fallout. But instead, what we're watching is just a relentless assault, uh, just tearing away more and more and more, you know, more humiliation, more dehumanization, more restrictions. And we just are sitting around watching it because we don't know how to deal with a parasite that's bigger than us. It's like, you know, we're in stage four cancer and you can't cut it out. There's no way to go in and cut out. It's all over and it's everywhere and it's in every system of the body. And and you're just sitting there going, but I don't want this, but I don't know what to do about it. And it's worse when you have people that are dependent on you. It's worse when there's others who can't look at any of it, much less talk about it. Uh, and who are more frail or more disabled or more limited 
than you are. And, you know, the reality, this has been going on since the beginning of time. But what's different for us is we had all of these fail-safe systems to come in and catch us. You know, we have mental health care, and we have nursing homes, and we have 911, and we have, uh, you know, animal control, and we have police and sheriff, and we have all these insurances to, to give us money if something goes wrong. And we have the legal system that we can sue somebody and get money if something goes wrong. And you think about how disassociated we are from our realities because we've created all these systems to come in and take care of things that are too difficult for us uh, within our individual or family system. And I'm not saying that those things are wrong. I'm saying those things have prevented us from the reality of experiencing what's going on now. I remember when I was in Mountaineer and uh, there was a subdivision and it was full of really, really rich people. It was this beautiful multi-million dollar subdivision. And and the people who moved there were not local. They came from the different parts in the country. And most of them, you know, were in high level jobs, whether they were CEOs or they were professors or uh, politicians. They came from backgrounds where they were used to having people accommodate them, you know, when they made requests. And I remember uh, this one guy complaining because he was taking care of his 99-year-old mother and he was horrified that Medicare and home care just didn't magically come in and take care of the problem that he couldn't manage his mother because she was Alzheimer's and she was 99 and she needed all kinds of help. And him and his wife couldn't handle her. And he just couldn't. He was furious that the system did not have services to come in and take care of everything. And you know, I just remember looking at him thinking, well, welcome to the real world, right? There's this idea, especially people who are used to paying for everything, that are entitled to everything because they feel like money can buy and solve all their problems, is that there's just somebody out there that should come in and take care of it. And that's not how most of the world lives. You know, we used to have, situ- you know, smaller communities and people who were Uh, mentally challenged, or as we got older, I mean, the community took care of them, the family took care of them. Uh, You know, I remember reading somewhere, you know, in a small town that the the boy or the girl who just wasn't very smart, couldn't really function in a high capacity, still had a place, you know, they could sweep the floors, and the older people could watch the babies. And we all had places for each other. But now we kind of farm all that out. And we expect just because we're paying for it, there's some quote unquote system out there. And that's all breaking down. And that's all contributing, I think, to this inability to do anything because we're just so used to 911. There's somebody out there somewhere that should have taken care of all these problems. And now we're faced with the realities of having not been paying attention and realizing we are stuck in this dysfunctional family or this abusive relationship. And we don't know how to get out because there's nowhere to go because it's a whole global thing. Now, there are some places you could probably, you know, go to in the world that will kind of be not quite as bad, 
But the majority of us are going to be swept up in the totality of what's happening. Uh, And, you know, like I started with this, you know, I just 15 years of trying to prepare for whatever version of the bad thing, it always felt like it was going to be just a big bad thing that would happen. And we would be on more equal footing. But I think what I perceive at this point is that the psychological, the mental and the emotional and spiritual destruction that's happening within all of us to different degrees is not what I factored in. I saw a short video of of uh, I don't know who these people were or where they were. It was in America someplace, but it was a white woman who was, and I don't, it was a cell phone, so I don't know where, you couldn't see where they were, but she was there and there was a huge group of uh, younger men and women that were black. And all of a sudden they turned on her. And the minute was, the video was only a minute I think 11 seconds long and they grabbed her and they moved her off. I have no idea who she was. I have no idea what happened to her, but I could only imagine how terrifying that is and how all of a sudden, you know, now we're being, it's, it's being unsafe in all kinds of new ways. And it's an endless parade of things of having to think about in terms of trying to prepare for and how many things we can't prepare for. And I, and I think one of the worst things about all of this is how the media has culturally convinced us of what it's not really like, uh, you know, I, I want, when I watch the war movies, I always think, you know, they always focus on the main characters and they, you know, killing people left and right, left and right, left and right. Right. And, and all of those people are just fodder for the narrative. They're not real people, but in real life, every single one of those people that die in the quote unquote fodder is somebody's child, is somebody's uh, sister or brother or husband or father and has value and is creating its own trauma within that family system. And we don't think about that. We just think about, oh, someone's going to come in and kind of save the day. And we're starting to have that experience in silence, which will grow, of people dying and being swept away in a pandemic of death that is just now, you know, starting to come to the surface and with the promise of another one, yay. And um, the reality is so different from the fantasy. Uh, The reality is so different from trying to be super practical about preparing. Uh, You know, in my own process, I spent a lot of time researching other countries that have been through this, you know, Cuba and Argentina and Venezuela and Russia. And, you know, none of what's what is coming down the pike for all of us has not been done before in other countries. But 
other countries were in a different, it was in a different, it was a pre-internet world. It was a pre-media uh, saturated world. It was, you know, in most of these places had farming. Uh, you know, Russia has guaranteed housing. You know, Cuba is much smaller. And, you know, Argentina was a freaking nightmare. I don't know if you've ever researched what Argentina was like, but the image that just always comes to my mind is, uh, you know, talking about the people who were sharing the stories uh, of, you know, people who are doctors and lawyers who lose everything and they're living in doorways, right, in the cities. And there was a, uh, a truck that had cattle in it and it broke down and people were so hungry, they were just cutting up the cows and eating them raw, alive. It was so bad. And we just think, oh, I would never descend into that. But we just don't have any connection to the reality of all of this. And I don't know that it's something that we can prepare for. And I certainly never imagined it would be like this. I just, again, you know, my preparation was for a higher degree of sanity. It was this idea that community could pull together and function. And that just has not been my experience. And I know that there's people out there who can do this, who are doing this. You know, I see stories of just awesomeness. So I'm not saying it can't be done and I'm not saying it's going to be terrible for everybody. I'm just saying, you know, when I did the experiment last year of the grid down event, you know, my takeaway was I was the problem. Uh, so I own that. I am the problem within the community group itself. But uh, but just, uh, it's just, it's been shocking to me to, to, to watch all this. And what's been even more shocking is that we are just watching all of this. And with all the energy of preparing, of all the people talking about preparing, of all the things that we could have done and could be doing that we didn't. And I can only, you know, speak from my personal experiences. There was never a day where I wasn't thinking about this stuff or I wasn't wanting to do more. And I can't, you know, all the limitations that so many of us have in so many different ways of things we can't control. And we can't abandon, right? I can't abandon the dogs. I can't abandon the family. I, uh, you know, I can't change, you know, my personal situation any more than I'm able to do on any given day. And, and none of us can. And all of that becomes this great big soup of just like one overwhelmingly humongous dysfunctional family as we're watching, you know, usually it's just one parent in a family and, uh, at this point, it's just one group in our collective nightmare that is uh, like the serial killer, right? It's just taking us out. And we're just sitting in the basement looking around going, this is really bad. I don't want this. But if we speak out, if we charge the serial killer, then we get on the table and cut up or we get to prison or we get killed. And and it isn't even just fear of dying. It's fear of, but if I'm gone, who's going to take care of the people I'm taking care of? You know, if I'm gone, who's going to work? If I'm gone, who's going to, uh, you know, produce the food? So 
I don't have any, you know, magical answers for any of this, and I don't have any way to make it all better. Uh, but I've just been thinking a lot about all of it, and I've been struggling. And I can listen to other people. I'm not the only one struggling. And I can tell you all the magical things to do to manage the struggling. But none of this eliminates the reality that we're just sitting around watching it happen to us. We're observing our own demise. And that in all my preparations and all my thinking and every process and problem solving and scenario in a million, million years, did I think we would just sit here and watch it happen. And there isn't any way to just magically come together and stop it. I, you know, I listen to people when they do call-ins or make videos or that kind of stuff. And they think they're still in that place where if you just get the one truth out there, you know, the 9-11 people were like that. If everybody just knew the truth about 9-11, everything would change. If everybody just knew the truth about, truth about X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, then everything would be okay. And that isn't the way it works. And it's shocking to watch so many people, quote unquote, wake up to what the truth is version of, of the reality that's unfolding around us. And there's nothing we can do to stop all of this. Uh, and, you know, the latest thing was, if enough people wake up, then, they'll, then we'll stop all of this. And we do have resistance and we'll always have pockets and there will always be people who do okay and there will always be people who rise to the top and appear to be our leaders. And there will always be, you know, movement within these processes. But the reality is, is there's just no way to come together in one kind of collective, coordinated uh, attack at this point uh, because it's just everywhere and it's happening to everyone. It's not like when America went to war, it was just to focus on getting the British out. It's, it's now, it's everywhere. It's inside our, our whole body is filled with the parasite of cancer. And you can't cut any piece of it out without killing yourself because uh, it's just too big. And so I don't have any answers to any of this. I just wanted to check in and I wanted to really just add my two cents here that the only thing that I see that we all have in common is that we're all observing what's happening to us with a different degree of awareness about what's happening and why it's happening. But I don't think anybody is in a complete bubble anymore about nothing happening. And all the preparations in the world have not changed anything for most of us. Uh, I don't, I would go back and do things wildly different. I really thought one, it would happen sooner. And two, it would be one significant event that would, would be in response to. And there's a part of me that still holds on to that idea. And there's another part of me that's coming to the realization it doesn't matter. The systems are too broken. There's just too much deconstruction happening. That we are in a deconstruction phase. And it doesn't matter who's in charge. It's just happening. Uh, in the same way that when you have cancer, you have cancer. When you have parasites, worms, you have parasites and worms. There's no 
wishful thinking, it's just going to magically disappear and everything's going to go back to normal. Uh, and it's a lot to process mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, because all of that also takes a toll on us physically. And I still am just in shock after 15 years, I'm still thrashing around trying to make a better decision, knowing that time's up. It doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't matter what I do, because I can no longer fight in the way that I would have had this happened 10 years ago. And so that's just, oh, the dog has risen, if you heard that. So that's just a little perspective this morning. I know it's not a happy thought. I'm just not been in a happy place, which is why I haven't really been talking to you guys very much. Because there's so much happening that's just not happy. And uh, I could scream and yell about all the problems, but that doesn't change it. And fighting isn't going to change it because we're just in this part of a cycle that is necessary, but it's really hard to be a part of it and stay in a positive place. I think if you're really tuned into the ethers of all of it, I'm not saying it can't be done, and I'm not saying that there's not the wave, right? So you the rise, the crest, the crash, the why the rise, the crest, the crash. It's normal to have shifting perceptions and emotions and things like that. And uh, and that's how you process, you know, anybody who's running around and saying, I'm just happy all the time, that's oftentimes not necessarily what's going on. So uh, we're just going to keep breathing. We're going to keep grounding. We're just going to keep getting through the day. But I just wanted to check in and really just name some of these things that I, that I can't believe after 15 years of really focusing on all of this, that the thing that is the most shocking to me is that we're just watching it happen. And did it really matter? Was preparing really a good exercise of my time and energy. I don't think so anymore. I would do it very differently had I known it would take this long. uh, And had I known I would end up uh, being unable to fight for my survival, even though I have all the stuff I need. So uh, these are just big questions. And I know not everybody likes to think about these big questions. And Uh, I can't not think about these big questions. (laughs) So I thought I would just touch base on all this and say hi. I hope you're doing better. We're all in a different place, right? Rise, crest, crash. Rise, crest, crash, right? We're all in a different place. Uh, Some of us are surfing up on the crest. Some of us are still in the two places in between the waves. Uh, Some of us are are uh, just slowly coming up. We're all in a different place. But with that, my friends, we're going to take a deep breath and I will see you next time.